It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. It's time to talk pitching with the pitching guru, Scott Emerson. Chris Townsend sits down with the A's pitching coach exclusively on A's Cast. Outside corner, ring him up. And Eaton can't believe it. Perfect pitch right on the black. Here's Chris Townsend. Uh, Scott, Emerson, Scott Emerson, the uh, head pitching coach, the pitch coach for your at Oakland Athletics, joins us here what, on A's What, what stats Live. are you talking about, Bogus? He was given some stat about Scherzer, lifetime hit. Scherzer hasn't pitched here in so long. 430 ERA at the Coliseum. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we, we got him last year, didn't we? See, I, th- I, I thought I it was last that. year when he pitched here at the Mets. Right, when when, when a guy like that gives up some runs here against us, right? we, we want to do what we can do against him. I never pay attention yeah. to anything where you go, well, lifetime against the because players change, the data constantly changes, yeah. things change a lot. But we'll just start with Scherzer. I, for me, as guys that love pitching, I think it's overused all the time. Ah, future Hall of Famer. He is a future Hall of Famer. And whenever you get a chance, I don't know how many times we'll ever see him again. We'll, we'll see him on TV, but to see him live, I'm looking forward to it tonight. I hope we beat him, obviously, but when you get a chance to see somebody of this kind of ilk, it's a big deal. Yeah, he, he's definitely one of the greatest pitchers, in my opinion, of all time. You know, the one thing that I've, I've admired about him, just kind of watching him from afar when he comes to the Coliseum or I've seen him on the road, is his work ethic. You know, I, I watched him last year uh, with Chris Bassett, and uh, they get out on the field and they – they do their running program, and, the, and uh, it looked like the, the way they, uh, you know, he brought up Bassett's work ethic or, or made Bassett get out there with him. And and uh, that's one thing I want to talk to Chris about is, like, how was it being with, you know, one of the greats of all time? And, and I just remember last year just watching Chris, you know, sprint with him. It was like Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa on the <laughs> beach, you know. It was, Rocky three baby. You know, it, it was kind of fun to watch yeah. because, you know, uh, you know, Chris got an opportunity to go over there to the to uh, the Mets last year and, and work alongside one of the greats of all time. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we can, you know, get to him today. But, yeah, that's the fun part. There's no secrets, right? Like, when you think back to Nolan Ryan, the press kind of hated when he pitched because after Nolan, the game was done, he wouldn't talk to the media. He would go get on a bike for 45 minutes. Then he would do a full workout then you'd have to wait around for him to come back. I, I, Bip Roberts will talk about the stories of after a game, how Tony Gwynn would meet with the mate. He'd go hit more. Like, there's a reason why the greats are the greats. They're not rolling their jock out, as we like to say, and it's just magic. There's no magic here. There's no pixie dust. There's a reason why these guys have stayed at such a high level for so long. Their work ethic, their routines – are spectacular. Yeah, they're relentless. I mean, uh, if you go out, I recommend the book Relentlessness, and it talks about uh, uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and uh, Dwayne Wade about how you know relentless they were at their craft, about uh, 
like you said, uh, uh, and Kobe Bryant getting up in the morning at 5 a.m. To uh, lift. To, Every morning to, in the offseason, Kobe was up crack of dawn lifting. Yeah, there's a story about uh, him working out with uh, Team USA, and he, he went and shot a bunch of free throws before breakfast, and uh, I think it was uh, Bosch came to breakfast, and Kobe had ice packs on his knees. He's like, what are you doing? And Kobe's like, I already shot 500 shots. That's my morning routine. And he was like, man, you know, the greats, they want to work. What the greats are, too, is they're, they're students of the game. Uh, they're coachable. They're the guys that want to learn the most and apply the most, and, and uh, they talk the most. You know, I call them kind of high maintenance because uh, they want to be touched. They want to be, you know, given a touch point. They want to listen. They want to learn. And those are the guys that I like. High maintenance guys are the guys I want to be around too because they're willing to learn. And when you're willing to learn, you're willing to get better. And that's, you know, the, the book Relentlessness is, is a really good book to, to understand that. Baseball has changed so much, especially from a pitching standpoint, because like in our era, when we were pitching, our pitching coaches stood behind us, and what they would see is the result of the pitch. Everything was about when the pitch got to the catcher, what was happening. Now with all the technology and the high-speed cameras and everything, we can truly see how the ball is coming out of the hand. And one of the things right now, and you can speak to this, which is so big in baseball, is the extension that you're getting. And it doesn't really matter if you're six feet tall or you're Randy Johnson at 6'10". The extension means so much. In baseball right now, why? Well, I, I think, you know, you're getting closer to the hitter. So the timing of the, of the pitch, uh, you're getting out in front. I, I think, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with numbers, I don't like to chase numbers. I like to chase execution because the execution creates the number. You know, you got a guy trying to chase a vert fastball, and uh, you're looking at a number, you're looking at a number. I'm looking at the execution. Can you throw it to the top third enough? Can you land it at the top third enough? If your ball drops too much and you don't have a good vertical induced break to your ball, which meaning uh, how much drop you have, well, you got to just start it up higher. So where the ball ends up is more important. Count advantage. No one wants to talk about count advantage that much anymore. I'll take a guy that has uh, uh, you know, good stuff that can win counts than a guy with great stuff who can't win counts because you, you, know, you said the game has changed, but it really, in my opinion, it hasn't changed. You still have to get outs. How do you get outs? Now, they're a component of all these metrics of, okay, this guy's got uh, a lot of movement to his pitch. His ball sinks more. He should probably throw down at the bottom of the zone more. But this also tells us when he throws it to the top of the zone, he should start it out higher, knowing his ball is going to sink. You take a right-handed pitcher facing a left-handed hitter, and he wants to go up and in, but his ball comes back too much, right? Well, I don't want him to go up and in much. I want him to just go up, or I want him to just go in, because that up and in plays his miss, falls right back down into the middle of the plate. That's kind of how I look at pitch movements and pitch metrics, that you always have to rely on the execution of the pitch. Location matters, and if you throw great pitches and constantly throw them down the middle, you're going to get beat up in this league, right? So if you can locate your pitch, put it in that area, generally a slider down and away, no matter what the spin is, if it gets true down and away, it's going to be a good pitch. It's the ones that back up and stay close to the middle of the plate that good hitters hammer, right? So that's why, you know, location is still a big element of pitching. You can have the best spin in the world, but your ball drops too much. You could have the worst spin in the world and the ball moves too much, but it doesn't play with inside the strike zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, but just like golf, how my club hits the ball 
is going to dictate where the ball goes. How the ball comes out of my hand is going to dictate how the ball goes. And I think of Luis Medina, right, but whose slider can... earlier this year was getting hammered. If you look at the numbers, his slider isn't anymore. You've changed something well, we, with how he throws it to change how it's locating, how it's getting across on play. Well, 1-1 one, one on Luis's slider is uh, it was a new pitch at the beginning of the year. So now he's developing feel of the pitch. We're always trying to develop the feel and executing the pitch. Uh, and, and I agree with, with the golf analogy, but, you know, if you slice, you play your slice too. Some guys just can't fix a slice. Well, if you play slice, you're going to yeah. play with guys like me. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're hackers. But <laughs> You're I wanna, not going to be on tour. I want to get out there. <laughs> well, no. Right. But, you know, the best pitchers in the world, they execute the pitch that they can throw. They, they uh, instead of trying to make their pitches better, they make better pitches. They put it in the areas. They know how to pitch. They move it around. And in general, if you can locate your pitches, right, you can keep your pitch at the top third, you're going to, in general, have a good uh, vertical-induced break. If you can keep your slider to the bottom third and down and away to your glove side, you're going to get on top of it, create that tilt. If you back it up, you did something mechanically wrong. That's not a good pitch anyways, right? So, you know, no one's ever duplicated. I, I believe I, I heard it's the same four metrics. You've never had the same spin rate, the same height release, the same velocity, and the same uh, horizontal release on any pitch in the big leagues. Th those four have never matched up. And back-to-back -back always something Ever. 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 So I could just say, what, what would be the pitch if you were to do it? What would the pitch be? Four-seamer? Four-seam fastball. Because that's the straightest one we got. That's just, no one's ever thrown the exact same four-seamer back-to-back. With, with all using four. four metrics. The same exact same four metrics. In what, the StatCast era? Uh, I, I, well, I guess that's what I yeah. – the blog I probably read that StatCast. Which would be 2015? Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it, that's pretty about, incredible. I mean, think I'm, about it. You got to be exactly the same here. You got to be exactly the same height. The ball's got to come off your fingers right. The spin has to be the exact same. I, I mean, you watch one guy. That's he, not a small sample size. He'll throw 2300 spin rate fastball, and the next one might be 2395, or it might be 2218. You know, they're relative close. They're close, but to repeat a pitch, is it's pretty darn near impossible how do we describe guys in the strike zone they're throwing strikes but they're getting hammered versus guys competing inside the strike zone and getting outs throwing inside the strike zone. well you, you got you know uh, we got a great metric that uh, pike goldschmidt uh, has brought into our organization I'll, I'll keep the name of it quiet but uh come that on, that that, uh, that gives us uh, uh the data points to uh, let us understand how well this pitch plays in the strike zone and how well where it plays in the strike zone. And, um, you know, if you think about it, you know, a, a breaking ball can be thrown, one guy's on top, one guy's bailing his delivery out, right? Well, they're thrown the same but two different deliveries. What do hitters see? You know, if I'm going to throw a big haymaker at you and I fall off the mound here, right, throwing you a punch, you got a left hook right to my face. You saw it coming. So hitters see shapes, and they see different shapes. We can create the same spin from us being in the same slot, but my torso and everything, I hid the ball longer, I'm right here, or the guy that's bailing out, 
my arm probably got a little bit longer to get into this position, right? So now hitters see that. Oh, there's the ball, there's the ball, there's the ball. Well, these guys throw 98 miles an hour. Yeah, but he's falling off the mound. He's showing the baseball a little bit early. Now Deception. the hitters. That's well, another that's, thing. That's, that's, I was that's, I, that, talking about when I was talking about extension. You start talking about things because we, we focus now so much. He throws 98. Yeah, he throws 98 and he's got a 5 ERA. Yeah, it's velocity an easy 98. Is, velocity isn't the number one thing. There's deception. There's other things that are more important than velocity. Well, it all, it all, yeah, obviously it all, you know, uh, uh, bundles together. But you're falling off the mound. Your arm's late. Your ball's tailing back into the strike zone. It's flat across the strike zone. There's so many different variables that go into You're predictable. You know, the first thing you do is you, you, you look at the sheet and say, okay, this guy throws 70% fastballs and 30% breaking balls. That's all he does. The breaking ball is probably going to go down and away, and the fastball might be scattered all over the place, right? He's a two-pitch guy, and he's throwing a lot of heaters. I got to get on the heater. I got to be ready. So, you know, we're trying to be unpredictable like everybody else and, and not just sit there and throw all fastballs. You know, the thing is, you know, sometimes you have to throw the fastball because that's the best pitch you can command. And if you're behind in the count, sometimes you have to take your chances. Especially I look at when you have a lot of rookies, right? You're asking a rookie pitcher in front of a, you know, a big crowd or a crowd, uh, you know, to throw a 3-1 breaking ball, that's not easy sometimes, right? And if they didn't do it in the minor leagues because they were able to get away with it, more fastballs in the minor leagues, and now all of a sudden in the big leagues you're asking them, hey, man, you just can't throw fastballs all day and fastball counts. You know, that's something that, uh, you know, that's why some guys that throw 98, they get hammered because they're behind in the count all the time, and that's the only thing they can throw for a strike, and that's the, what the hitter knows because he's getting data just as much as you're getting data. The game within the game. I'm not, I'm not sure if there's data for this, but with velocity being at an all-time high, hitters got to guess at times because it's just you just it's just the human body can only react so fast to certain things. When you know you got a guess hitter up there, and you're a pitcher, how much does that change your philosophy when you know this guy's looking one thing? and one thing only. You've watched the video. You see, because guys' trends can change every five games, ten games. I mean. Yeah, well, let, let's go back to what I was just saying. 70% fastball guy. What's he throwing more likely? Fastball. He's throwing a fastball. Why? Because he can't command something else, right? So he has to throw more fastballs. So the guessing part's easy. 2-1, the guy's going to throw me a fastball. He can't throw a slider for a strike. So that's the pitching element that needs to be taught for big leaguers big leaguers can do that the best big leaguers in the game are unpredictable they can throw something other than a fastball for a strike right now you're looking at 66 percent strikes with the fastball 65 percent strikes with the changeup, and 63 percent strikes with your breaking ball in general that's league average that's telling me that most average big league pitchers can throw those any pitch at any time right that's a good pitcher that's a guy that's going to be sustainable big leaguer. Okay, the guy that throws, uh, you know, 58% strikes with his fastball, 57% strikes with his breaking ball, he's the guy that's got to learn to figure it out. And it's not that easy. You know, it, it, you know this game, the strike zone is, 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 is you know, the umpires do a, an unbelievable job of staying on the plate for the most part. You know, back in the day, the, the strike zone was bigger. And now, you know, they're held accountable. We got technology that makes them held accountable. They got to be perfect. They got to be on it. And it's not that easy to throw strikes. You know, everybody thinks it's real easy. I think uh, league average right now is we're inside the strike zone 49% of the time. 
and a lot of that is yes we are pitching a little bit more to swing and miss yeah you know we, we've talked over the years on the show about how hard the bats are in my opinion <laughs> uh, we, we've talked about uh, uh, how hard the baseballs are yeah. these guys get bigger and, these guys getting bigger and stronger they make contact with the ball it's 100 miles an hour and you're hoping 100 miles an hour stays in the ballpark nowadays we have more sliders thrown than ever before do you like it well, I, I, you know, I always, uh, you know, I tease a lot of, uh, you know, our analysts sometimes when, you know, we talk about uh, throwing more sliders, and I agree. In the situation that you can throw them, I would say yes, we got to throw the slider. We got to make sure that we are throwing the sliders at the appropriate times. Um, yeah, if it, if you got a good one, you know, if you got two plus pitches, you throw two you throw two pitches and maybe show a third. If you got three plus plus pitches, you get to throw three plus pitches. So. You know, slider's your number one weapon, but I also believe the more you throw your slider, then you're starting compromising counts, and the slider in the zone gets hammered, and the sliders out of the zone don't. So if you constantly throw it in the zone, in the zone, it starts to lose its effectiveness, right? To me, the hitters and count leverage. So it's timing. It's timing. It's count leverage. It's all, I mean, like I said. Aaron Boone would agree with the count leverage, by the way, and Aaron Boone, I don't know if you saw last night. The yeah. counts that weren't going their way. But to me, the more you throw a certain pitch to these hitters, the more they see it, that's not good. Yeah, most definitely. That That's why the power of the fastball always shows up. One, because you can move the fastball to many different places around the strike zone. Yeah. So, you know, you just don't want to be, you know, the fastball in general is the hardest hit ball. Why? Because we fall behind in the count. And we want breakers to be in the zone, out of the zone. So now we got to center the fastball a little bit more behind in the count just to throw a strike. Well, you know, that's back to the hitter's advantage. You fall behind in the count, it becomes a hitter's advantage. You stay ahead in the count. Look, if you get the two strikes, the best, um, the best count to hit is 3-2. And that's uh, right around 200. If a pitcher gets the two strikes, what we like to preach, strike one, strike two, the hitter that counts under 200. If you fall behind in the count, you know where, the, where I'm going. The count jumps to 300. Now if I'm throwing a lazy slider in the zone because I have to throw a strike with it, you know, I, in my opinion, you could be in trouble. Not saying you are, but he gains more advantage hitting an 85-mile-an-hour ball in the strike zone that's moving. But when he's got to hit the slider thinking about maybe that fastball's coming, now all of a sudden he gets a slider. So I, I think, you know, that's the game. That's called pitching. Am I able to do that? Can I make pitches? Can I throw enough strikes where he's thinking I might throw a fastball, but I throw a slider? Or, hey, he, he, this guy's throwing slider. Boom. I execute a good fastball. So it, it plays hand in hand. Uh, you know, relievers are a lot different, too. Relievers are coming into the game, especially high leverage relievers. They're, they're going to pitch more to swing and miss. So, yeah, their breaking ball is going to be played a little bit more than the fastball because you got to pitch a little bit more to swing and miss because one swing of the bat in a leverage situation can hurt the, hurt you. And if you don't execute your fastball good enough, then you got to go to slider. All right, I know you got to go, so I want to end on this. J.P. Sears, lots of numbers in this game, but a 3-4-2 ERA. Opponents just hitting 214 in his last 15 starts. 15 starts. He's competed. I think no matter what, he's gotten better all year long. How proud are you of him and how much have you liked his growth? Yeah, I, I really love what JP does. You know, he, he comes every day. One, he's a great student. He listens. He comes to the park every day with one thing in mind, that's get better. 
and uh, he understands his craft. You know, he understands the metrics. Uh, when we give him something, he understands it. He knows what his uh, limitations are, and he knows what he needs to do to get better. So he takes full responsibility of his career for me, um, gives good feedback in our meetings when we talk to him. And uh, I just, you know, I'm really proud of this guy who, who uh, you know, sometimes when you get traded, you know, there's some pressure on you because, you know, you know we traded two really good major league pitchers for him, and, and uh, he's a really good major league pitcher himself. And uh, it's just a lot of fun to watch him go out and pitch. Well, the job of a coach is to make his players better, to make his players better on the field, off the field. And obviously the record this year has been challenging, but all the players we talk to talk about how they're getting better. And that's a testament to the job you're doing. You should be very proud of yourself. We got a long way to go, but you've done a great year teaching. And this is why you got into the business is to be a teacher. It's been, yeah. a, no matter what the numbers are, I believe it's been a good year for you. Well, it's, you know, you, one, you got to have passion, you know, and we've, in the, in the coaching room, in the front office, we've, we've uh, you know, David Forrest has always talked to us about process, you know, stick to the process and work, you know. I love to work. I love to get on that field. You know, I, I love to, I spend my time, you know, in baseball doing things and trying to learn and, and give back to the guys and uh, you know I try to t teach them every day something or, or give a touch point somewhere whether it's a quick jab or a, a long conversation in our meetings but uh, you know we got a hard working group of guys that, that's the one thing that you know when you come to the ballpark and you feel like guys don't want to work uh, that's one thing but when you come to the park every day and you feel like hey these guys want to work they want to listen they want to learn then it, then it makes everything more fun and challenging at the same time. But uh, process, process, process. You're absolutely gold on this show. We always appreciate your time. In the off season, you know we're going to be calling you. Uh, thanks for having me. Let's, let's As you're slicing into some the fun. trees, we're going to have to strengthen your grip and get you to hit some draws. Yeah, probably. Well, well, I, you, you, you got to hit more golf balls in practice. I mean, that's the, you know, it's like our guys getting, hey, you want to throw it better? Get on the mound more. You don't want to get on the mound more, you know. You, if I want to play better golf, I got to go one play golf, and two, I got to get on the range. And probably the range ain't happening because I'm getting out of bed about eight fifteen, <laughs> and I'll tee it up about eight forty-five. Cup of coffee and ready to rock. I mean, huh? I, I'm too young for coffee. <laughs> the greatness, Scott Emerson, the pitching coach of your Oakland Athletics. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 